Now, Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Shara McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, located on the South Shore, and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. I have helped hundreds of clients throughout the home buying and home selling process. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. I like to say that I offer my clients exceptional service that moves you. Every week I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show, and sometimes we are even interactive, so you can follow along online. If you missed any of our shows, or if you want to listen to one again, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, I'd love the opportunity to meet with you. You can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, Take good notes and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, Melissa Wallace, and Mary Baker. And we have one of my favorite people in the whole entire world here with me today. I'm so excited about that, Mr. Andrew Montacone from Leader Bank. Hey, Andrew. Hey, what's going on? Good I to have, be back. I know. I haven't seen you in a while. Good to be back on the show. Yeah, I love having you here. So you are uh, the best of the best when it comes to um, mortgages and loans and helping people with their finances. And and all that. Uh, you've been doing my personal finances for a very long time. Very long time. Yeah, for loans and things like that. Not, you know, McNamara uh, Financial obviously takes care of my, my portfolio. Investing. In my portfolio. <laughs> my portfolio. Doesn't that sound like serious? Yeah. <laughs> I need a portfolio. Yeah. We're, working yeah. <laughs> We're working on a book. You're working on the portfolio, yeah. Um, and speaking of um, McNamara Financial, I will be doing the show on Saturday, uh, July 28th with Alyssa McNamara. Nice. So I will be on uh, McNamara McNamara on money. So that is Saturday, July 28th from 8 to 10 a.m. So we'll be talking real estate, keeping it real. That's our new sort of tagline. You like it, Andrew? I love it. Yeah, keeping it real here. So last week we had, um, it was the, the three of us, and we had all these notes about, and you sent us some information, and you were able to call in, but you had a client call at six. So I really appreciate you calling in. We had this great idea to talk about credit, and it was really good because uh, Ryan, who isn't with us tonight, but um, he had gone through a pre approval process once, which was great. He's a little bit younger than Mary. Mary has been yep. going through some things that you've helped her through mm-hmm. um, as well, trying to get her finances, you know, in order and her credit score and everything. Yep. So you were very transparent last week. Actually. I was. I was proud of myself, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it was, um, I think the more the better I get at it and the more comfortable I get with understanding how it works and I, I feel like I'm doing things appropriately in the right way, um, the more comfortable I get. Mm-hmm. And I, it's it's very much about taking control of your finances where I think before I had a mindset of, mindset of um, you were just, kind of afraid of them. I was afraid, yeah. I was I was terrified to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's it's a little bit different. It's it's I have control over it and I'm I mm-hmm. know that there are ways to fix it. 
Yeah. And I think, too, what happens, and Andrew, you might see this as well. I think when people get themselves in a circumstance with their credit, whether it's their fault or not, yeah. and, and a lot of what happened to you was not your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's just a, a generation maybe that just, you know, you didn't have the guidance or whatever to teach you, you know, the proper way for things. Do you feel that people are afraid to talk about it anyways? Like, look, she's she's wide open to talk about it now because your credit score is getting better and better every day. Yeah. So do you find that? Um, I, I do. I, I find that a lot of times when people have challenged credit, it's because they don't know they don't know the impacts of what something small might they might may find something very small in their credit, but they don't realize the, how impactful in a negative way it could be. Yeah. Like for example, people don't think having a, like a collection for fifty bucks is a big deal, mm-hmm. or a collection for ten dollars is a mm-hmm. big deal. Like mm-hmm. it's sometimes a lot of I have people who are just like out of spite won't pay like mm-hmm. a Comcast or won't pay a Verizon or whatever the the small utility bill is, and then they go ahead and put it on on their credit report as a collection. And then when I tell them that that will probably drop your score anywhere eighty to a hundred points, mm-hmm. that's a lot, a, which is crazy. It's a wake up call. And mm-hmm. so it's not so much the amount of the collection, it's the fact that it's a collection. And so mm-hmm. a, a $5 collection is the same as a million-dollar collection. Mm-hmm. It, it impacts your credit the same way mm-hmm. as far as the score goes. That's a good way to look at it um, mm-hmm. as well. And I actually have a question about um, collections. So I had heard, I don't, I don't know where I heard this. Actually, I think Sam told me. Um, <laughs> but Sam Horton, by the way, <laughs> who is a full-time real estate agent at Boston <laughs> Connector Real Estate. Yeah, I think he might have said... I had, um, medical bills, do they mm-hmm. go on your credit report they do. If, if you don't pay? Because yep. he has a $50 bill that he needs to pay, not just out of spite. I don't think it's gone on his ca- credit report, though. Just pay it. Just pay it. Mm-hmm. Yep, Sam, do you hear that? Just pay it. Yeah. Yeah, I always <laughs> tell people, just, don't just fight, you know, if they're, they should be sending you letters in the mail that they're going to put you in collections. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's gotten any of that. I would just pay it. Like, don't, it's not worth the $50 to yeah. have a credit score go down 80 to 100 points. It's just not worth it. No, mm-hmm. and he has impeccable credit right now. So just one thing yep. could really that, damage him. Don't miss a minute of Talk Real Estate. Check out the podcast page at talkrealestateradio.com. Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate. And we're back. Hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, along with Melissa Wallace, Mary Baker, and we have one of my favorites here today, Andrew Montacone, uh, good friend and uh, the best of the best when it comes to um, being in finances and loans. And uh, what do you, what is your title? Like mortgage? Uh, mortgage loan officer. Loan officer. Yep. Okay. Mortgar- Nothing fancier than that, huh? Just loan officer, mortgage loan officer, Sharon loan loves originator. Your titles. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love titles. <laughs> Mor- mortgages. How about that? Yeah, he does it all though, um, which is great. So I mean, like I said earlier, you've been doing my fan- finances for a very long time. So you just heard our intro back, and I'm going to let Melissa talk a little bit of how you can, um, if you've missed any of our past shows. So last week, this is a continuation of last week. So Melissa, how can people reach us? Yeah. So if you've um, missed any of our past shows, you can go to um, actually, if you have the podcast app, it is Talk Real Estate radio on your podcast app or you can go directly to our website talkrealestateradio.com mm-hmm. um, you can check us out on social media on Facebook we are Sharon McNamara and team liaisons that's our team um, Facebook page or you can go to Boston Connect Real Estate on Facebook and same handles on Instagram awesome we're really fun on Instagram I'm getting better yeah we're, I, I figured we out that really story thing that everybody does <laughs> oh yeah we're becoming influencers 
Oh, yeah. yeah. You saw that on Chronicle. I saw that on Chronicle. Week. We want to be influencers. <laughs> influencers. Yeah, we're influencers. I like so I like that tagline. And Andrew, why don't you, um, now that we're back and we don't have to um, break for the uh, traffic report, why don't you give all of our listeners, because uh, we're on a different day now, give them a little information about who you are and um, where you service and how your whole process works. Yeah, sure. So, um, again, my name is Andrew Montico, and I'm a mortgage loan officer. With uh, Leader Bank, I've been writing mortgage loans for a little over 13 years. Um, We lend in all of Massachusetts, actually all of New England, Florida, and then other various states throughout uh, the United States. Um, Our headquarters is in Massachusetts. Um, We have, we're not we're not a huge bank, but we write a ton of mortgages. Mm -hmm. Um, We're number one as far as banks go in Massachusetts for closed purchase loans, um, which is a big achievement for for a smaller bank. we have very, very competitive um, mortgage rates. We do home equity lines, we do jumbo financing, we do FHA financing, we do uh, low down payment loans. Uh, one of my favorite loans to do is VA loans um, for veterans. Uh, we do FHA, so you can get into a house for as little as uh, 3.5%. Um, we also do mass housing loans, which uh, we're a big, big partner with mass housing. Um, so we do. we pretty much have the, you know, all the mortgage products that are available to meet, mm-hmm. to meet the needs out there. A full bucket, because I would Definitely. say that a lot of times I feel like there was a different time, and I actually want to have you come back to the office and do that, you know, the different types of loan officers, like where you work, like if mm-hmm. you work for, yeah. yep. you know, a private, you know, brokerage or whatever. So I know sometimes people, you know, they go to the big box banks and they feel that they're a little clumsy, like big elephants. Sure. I don't find that with you. I know you have your own personal underwriter and yep. everything, right? So oh, yeah. Explain oh. that a little bit. Sure. All our, so one of the things is at Leader Bank, which is cool, is um, we sort of act in a way like a broker, mm-hmm. but we have all of the perks of in-house underwriting. Mm-hmm. So just because you're coming to Leader Bank doesn't mean you're just going to get Leader Bank products. Um, mm-hmm. We have you know 25 different lenders, investors that we shop the rate out to to make sure that the rate's the most competitive, all the different programs that are available. But the kind of the nice thing is we're not like shipping your loan out to be underwritten somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, we're underwriting it in-house uh, in, in our office. And that, that's, that's a huge thing when you have in-house underwriting. Um, we're funding all the loans with our own cash. Um, it just makes the process super smooth for the client mm-hmm. and allows for, especially in this competitive market, if people want to close you know, 30 days or less, yeah. we, we can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've closed loans in 21 days or less. So, you know, as long as the client's on board for for doing it that quick, we can certainly do it. Okay, that's awesome. Um, The other thing, too, is um, before we get into some of our other stuff, I'm just going to throw it out there because everyone asks, and I know everyone asks the question, and I know the answer is it depends, but what is going on with the rates right now? I know that people are starting to get a little nervous, Mm -hmm. and I hear that we have, you know, a little tick up and potentially a couple more. Yep, so I think the first thing to recognize is that when we hear that the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates, that is not the mortgage rate. That is not the 30-year fixed long-term interest rate. That is mm-hmm. the home equity lines, which are different than long-term interest rates. Mm-hmm. That is car loans, personal loans, credit card loans, credit cards. Uh, all, all that. That's what it means when the Federal Reserve raises interest rates. Oh, okay. So, I did not know that. Neither did I. So Ooh. when you hear that the Fed has raised rates... That doesn't mean that the 30-year fixed for when you're purchasing a home has gone up. That it really has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we kind of carve out those two different things, the the home equity line rates are anticipated to go up a f- maybe two more times uh, this year. Um, 
where the you know that's the prime rate. But again, if you're looking to buy a home and you're looking to do a 30-year fixed mortgage, that uh, that is not going to impact that rate. And those long-term 30-year fixes have been very very good, and um, I consider them extremely low still. Uh, where depending on the credit score, down payment, you can get a rate anywhere from 4.375 to 4.75. Any you know depending on various factors, but the rates are really still in the low fours, mm, yeah. low to mid fours uh, for 30-year fixed rates. And that's that's very, very good. I mean, there mm-hmm. was a time not that long ago when I first got into the business that people were going, oh my God, I can't believe the, rate, the 30-year fix is at 5.5%. That is so good. Oh, We've yeah. never seen it that low. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the fact that we're still under 5 is, I think is... Oh, awesome. It's wow. still so low to borrow, and it still makes a lot of sense for people to purchase as opposed to rent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I remember when we purchased ours, uh, the first we bought in 1992, and I want to say our rate was like eight and a half, nine, or something uh, like I've that. I've heard horror st- Well, it's, see, I think it's horror stories, but um, oh, 15, rate, 16, yeah, 18. Yeah, rates of being mm-hmm. 15%, 16%. I couldn't even imagine, and I don't well, I don't think that would be feasible. It's all relative. It's yeah. All, because people were getting... CDs and the people are getting more for their money in the bank, mm-hmm. whereas people a savings account was yielding whatever it was 10, 12, 11 percent. Yeah, and the pro, the property values also were a lot lower. Yeah, and incomes weren't were different as well. They weren't as high now, but it's kind of all relative mm-hmm. to where things stand. You know, right now in a savings account, if you go to like you know any, any of the online banks, you're probably getting anywhere between one and two percent on savings. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know if that was ten percent. 12%, 13% interest rates wouldn't seem as bad. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. true. Because you're making more on your own I don't money. think we'll ever see that, yeah. though. Or we'll see that again. I guess you never know. Same I mean, that w- it would be that w- it would have to be some extreme circumstances to go that high, but it depends. Mm-hmm. I like, like, an even keeled. I don't like any extremes. I just like to... Mm-hmm. Stay, well, in some instances, level. it does make a difference for some people what they can afford. Absolutely you know, does. If you have your, you know, your mindset on a five hundred thousand dollar house, and you've gone through the process, and then it, it it creeps up at let's say half a point. I mean, that could make a difference. A couple for some hundred people. dollars. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Maybe another time we'll have you on and we'll do more like math. Maybe we can get somebody to like call in or something like that. But we can have that. We, we can go like through thinking a process. About going, yeah. Going yeah. through and it. And see what the differences are. All right. So we want to get back to credit. So I know you have some great ideas. We we literally briefly touched upon uh, some things last week about credit. What are some of your biggest takeaways for people who, okay, great. You have good credit. You want to keep it. Or you have bad credit or not so great credit or no credit yeah no credit challenge credit how do we fix it yep so definitely a loaded question so let, let i think the first thing is i think people have to realize what how, how do you get good credit mm-hmm. like what is what what do what, someone who has a seven you know 80 or 800 credit score or 740 which is considered excellent credit what what's the how are they getting great credit mm-hmm. and then once you know how to get good credit then you can take steps to fix or improve your own credit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so really the, the the number one thing without question is to pay your bills on time yeah. and what it sounds I, so it, logical simple it, well it does but even <laughs> a day matters so i think mm-hmm. one one scenario that i've always heard is if you know you're if you um like email or, or do an online payment the day of something being due and it's not processed till the next day you're technically still late aren't you well not not at, well depends you're yes and, and no and i'll tell you why so and first off what what bills am i talking about that's the first thing you uh, the bills that i'm talking about are things that hit your credit report mm-hmm. which are 
credit okay. cards, car loans, student loans, anything that's that mortgages. Are, more, of course, mortgages, home equity lines, not cell phone bills, not cable bills, not electric bills. Although you still want to pay those, of course, on time. However, those aren't reporting on your credit report unless you go into collections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the first thing. So even if you're paying the minimums on credit cards, as lo- as long as you're not late and and the, you can't be 30 days late. So you might be a day late and the credit card company might ding you and for a late, a late fee, fee. but that doesn't mean they're going to report it unless you're 30 days late. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. But still, you don't want to be paying late fees either. No, mm-hmm. because that's... So pay your bills on time card. is is the biggest, biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And then the equally as important, don't go into collections for anything. Because one recent 30-day late can literally, literally drop your score 80 to 100 points. Mm-hmm. And that means going from a 720 or a you know 730, which is a good score all the way down to a 630 or 620 and all of a sudden you can't get a mortgage or you have a harder time getting a mortgage. Yeah. And you're going to be paying more. The lower credit score you have, the, the worse rates you're going to have. So that's that's the, the most important thing. Um, the other thing is you have to understand how what they're, how, how are they calculating your credit score. And the, the term that we use in the mortgage industry is trade lines. And trade lines are access to credit. So a tra- one trade line would be a car loan. Another trade line would be a credit card. Another trade line, student loan, and so forth. And I think that to, to establish really, really good credit, you want to have at least four to five active trade lines that you're mm. using on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a conversation that you and I have had um, several times mm-hmm. because I had, I was afraid of of credit cards and I had um, I owned my car outright so I had to work really hard to establish that line and actually um, through your advice ended up opening two credit cards and now which I'm yep paying mm-hmm. off the um, every single month. yeah even if it's I'm not saying you know start running up credit cards and not and then you know getting into credit card debt you have to be disciplined enough to have these four to five trade lines and then to pay your bills off at the end of the month. You don't have to pay them off to affect your credit, but just so you're not paying interest on that money. Yeah. But even if you're putting one thing on it a month, you're putting gas on it, 30 bucks, you're building his, you're building good credit history because the credit agencies say, okay, are you borrowing credit mm-hmm. and are you paying it back on time? Mm-hmm. And so what? Ha- sometimes I, with people who have challenged credit, they just shut down everything. They go, oh my God, I've been late. I'm not going to use credit cards. I'm not going to do take out any more credit. That's that's not going to imp- help improve your score because there's all they're seeing is your late payments in the past. Yeah. So there's no reestablished credit. Mm-hmm. So, sense. so that's a big big thing, to make sure that you're, you're you're using four to five trade lines, and then after on top of that is. Don't shut down credit cards. Don't close down your credit that's cards. That's the one that surprises me the most when you had told me that before. Because mm-hmm. I have, I made the mistake of getting all those little credit cards, you know what I mean? Because you get a discount or, yeah. you know. Open today and you can yeah. see. Yeah, we're going to touch upon that. Well, actually, now that you're bringing that up, that's my, I always tell people, don't fall for the store credit card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, and they're, and they're saying, what do you mean? I can go to Lowe's or I can go to so-and-so and save 5% on every purchase. And J. Crew. 10% off <laughs> if I buy if I buy this. And I say, oh, I, I totally get it. And I and you're going to save money. But I'll tell you, you better be so disciplined and you better be so vigilant that you're not going to forget that you opened that card up. Because the the most common late that I see for people is without question that I see, oh, yeah, by the way, you have a Sears late. On your mm-hmm. credit, they're like, oh my god, I've totally forgot I opened that card up. Mm-hmm. And the bill comes in the mail, and they go, oh, this just must be an advertisement. And they don't; they just take it and throw it away. 
and all of a sudden you're late. I see mm. that that's the most common late. Coles, Sears, all the department store co- cards. Oh, mm-hmm. My nana loves her Coles card though. Yeah. If you're using <laughs> it, I mean, if you're, uh, if you're using it, if you're, I'm not, if you're already using it and you're paying it on time, I'm not telling you to shut it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not. I, I see it. I see it all the time, so I don't fall for it. Where the, oh yeah, c- come on, c- open up this me. card. He's talking I about almost, me. I almost did a loft card, but I was like, I'd really only save twelve dollars today. Yeah. Like, it's really not a big deal. Yeah. I just don't fall for it because <laughs> I just see. I, I'm gonna, you're gonna forget about it if you already have them. Keep them. You know, keep. Don't shut them down. But um, and well, the other thing too with these cards now, it isn't. I remember when they used to be just for that department store. So like, if you went into J Crew, it was just for J Crew. But yeah. now they're like Mastercards and Visa, sure. yeah. so yeah. like you can use them anywhere. And some well, stores they offer like, do you want just the store card or do you want the Mastercard or yeah. Yeah. or whatever and you can mm-hmm. use it anywhere and if you're trying to establish credit and you don't have some credit or you need to build up a better history maybe that's a good option to go down and open up a lowest card if you're you, if you're going down there often or mm-hmm. or these cards that you can use anywhere because they're, sometimes they're a lot more lenient on giving you store credit mm-hmm. so that that might not be that's that's an okay way if you're trying to establish credit you just can't forget to that you it. opened it up that you opened it up what I what happened with me is is I used Kohl's one time and it was I must have bought like towels or sheets or something and the bill kept on coming in and again I thought I had a zero balance I completely forgot that mm-hmm. I had even been in there so when it came in I literally I don't open mail anymore so now I just rip it in half and I threw it in the garbage threw it in the garbage and then we were doing something I don't know what it was and Andrew's like uh, could you would you mind paying your Kohl's bill for $43.98 and I was like what the heck are you talking about it brought my score down a lot like I was can I, I say it rem- I was so mad I remember when that happened. You were yeah. like, "I can't believe I'm this!" I was so mad over towels. You know what I mean? Like, and I just didn't know. It, but there's, they are so easy to forget. Is of course it is. Especially yeah. if you don't use them. Mm-hmm. So one that I always think of is like a Jordan's card because they do so. Uh, and I actually Jordan's op- furniture. Yeah, yeah, a Jordan's furniture <laughs> card. And I actually <laughs> did that. I opened. I opened up one to buy all of our furniture for our apartment at one time. We were really good about it. And the second that it was because um, it was interest free for two years sure. or something like that. The second we paid it off before the interest was due, and then just never touched it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so we. We did it what I would assume is the right way, but I can see how easy it would be to for mm. just like forget that you yeah. did you even like had cancel it. that card because you were on that with somebody else. Yes, yes, that okay. was completely that just was that was sure. done well before. <laughs> okay, oh. <laughs> That's, that was the least of my problems. <laughs> okay, that one is gone. Okay, perfect. So one of the things to I love that you call it challenged credit, by the way. So what if you have no credit, like Casey and Mackenzie? So they're, you know, just getting out of school. I mean, I have, I, I cannot believe it almost shouldn't be allowed, but the amount of credit card that come in when you're 18, I, I can't yeah, believe sure. it. Every single day. I'm not even kidding. Every single, I'm going to start saving them just and take a picture of it. There is something there for either Casey or Mackenzie or for me or Mark to, for a new credit card. Mm. So, you know, the girls were very, really good about not doing it. But what is the best way to establish credit if you're just getting out there? Opening up trade lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may mean you, if you have uh, your parent may have to add you as an authorized user, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a way to start building some history. And then you just have to you have to just apply. Eventually, you'll get some you'll you know, with an author, if you have a, a co-signer, which we'll touch upon in a second. But an authorized an authorized user is great because, like, let's say for example, you you authorize Casey to uh, for the credit card. You're still seeing the bill. Yeah. 
So you're not gonna you don't have to worry about her paying it. You have yeah. to worry about her running out the card, of course. Well, if you can put limits, you can on put it. limits on on the authorized user. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good way if you want to have your children start establishing cre- a credit history is to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because even if they don't use their card, it's and you use yours, it's still going to show up on on their account. Yeah. Which starts building good history, assuming assuming you're not late. Of course. Yeah. And that's one of the things, too, is I did when you had told me to do that. I actually got them, you know, American Express cards so they each have one. But for, I did it for more convenience for me, too. So if they're going to doctor's yeah, appointments course. or dentists or anything, I'm like, just put it on the American Express. So then when it comes in, I have it all, you know, sort of organized and whatever. Um, and one of the things I'm looking at on your list is um, don't aggressively have your credit run. Tell me what aggressively means. Sure. So when people come to me to get pre-approved, the first question they usually ask me is like, well, if I pull my credit, will it will it hurt my score, mm-hmm. right? And pulling your credit score one time, even two times within the same week, really should not drop your score. It, it really shouldn't. The, the, the agencies do allow for you to check your credit, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're applying for a mortgage. Um, technically, they, they let you pull it as many times as you want for like the first like 10 or 15 days before it going down. I don't recommend that. I always just say pull it once, pull it twice at the most. Mm-hmm. But what is really not good for your credit is if you start aggressively pu- running it over 30 days multiple times. Mm-hmm. So I've seen people come to me with like 25 inquiries. Because they're online mm-hmm. and they're just trying to see yeah. what it is online. Yeah. So like over, th- like especially a lot of inquiries spread out over 30 to 60 days is really gonna hurt your score. And because mm-hmm. when, I, when I pull credit for a pre-approval, it shows me everybody who's pulled your credit in the last 120 days. Mm-hmm. And so if I see like 15 people, you know, there's a ch- good chance that your score has got, gone down anywhere from 20 to 30, 40 points. Mm. So one time is not, not a big deal. One, two times is really not a big deal, especially if they're really close together. But when you start really pulling it, pulling, and I think people have gotten a lot better at, do, at, at knowing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing that I, I, I recommend um, t- as well. And, and we can also touch upon how to prevent people from from pulling your credit because a lot of times uh, people come to me and they say, I didn't know that they pulled my credit. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that that company, when I called them, pulled my credit because some companies don't tell you, which they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to say, oh yeah, you have to at the very least have a verbal authorization. Say, is it okay if I pull your credit? And they say, yes, you can pull it. But if you can't just pull it without them acknowledging it. Um, So one thing that a lot of people have done Especially with, with the uh, with that data breach with one of the major agency credit agencies, is they put a credit freeze on their uh, score on the on each agency, and that's what you would have to do, is you would have to put a, a credit freeze on on Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, and that will prevent anybody from pulling your credit score. And okay. it's really kind of like that's almost better yeah, than um, mm-hmm. than than monitoring than doing. Like I, I ended up signing up for a credit monitoring service. But it's actually, I, I kind of regretted it just a little bit because it's almost better to just, it's a lot cheaper to just freeze your credit. And that's like the almost like sort of the electric fence from getting your, from people to, even if your identity got stolen, they can't, if that you have a freeze, you, you're the only one who has the pin number. You can't, you can't, you can't pull credit. Mm-hmm. It's frozen. And I see a lot of people who have done that now. And I'm like, okay, just if you've frozen your credit, you need to unfreeze it so I can pull it. So it's a, it's a nice safe way where you people can't just randomly start pulling your credit. And it is just hmm. amazing how easy it is for these people to do it. I was I said on last week's show that Casey does have, you know, her own uh, credit card uh, small, you know, line, but 
somebody she woke up one morning and had an email like you know somebody used your credit card at hotels.com i mean are you going to show up at the hotel and like people are going to know it's you <laughs> that's i still think that's funny i know like they didn't buy a tv or something that's so yeah i mean identity theft is definitely a real thing and yeah. um the best way to the best way to prevent it is really two two ways i think the the best way is putting a freeze on yeah, your credit. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to do that, actually. Um, and it's very inexpensive. I believe it's like $10 or $5 just each agency, which mm-hmm. is pretty inexpensive. Or um, I ended up signing up for LifeLock, uh, oh, yeah. which... Mm-hmm. I think that's what I ended up doing yep. through the Experian thing that happened. I might yeah. have actually gotten the email from you and you were like, hey, you should probably did, look yeah, into I, doing I that. that yeah. um, so I ended up doing LifeLock, which was good. Uh, again, is it... Is, you know, is it going to be like the if you do LifeLock, it's, people can still pull your credit, and, and it's it's I think it's like two hundred and something dollars for the year. But you're get you get alerted when people pull like you get a, an alert on your phone that hey your credit was just run, which I like, and so I did. Has that. it happened to you? I haven't had anyone do that. No. No. Have but, you? No. Hmm. But that's the, that that that's a very that's also a, a good thing to do if you don't want to just freeze your credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the the electric fence is really the way to go. Is the is the is freezing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I haven't done yet, but I've been I've, I'm thinking about it. Hmm. Awesome. All right. Um, so we're gonna just take a quick break, and we're gonna take a few commercials. And um, today you are listening to Andrew Montecone from Leader Bank, and he is our sponsor for today's show. So thank you so much for that, Andrew. You're welcome. And we will be right back. People often wonder what they need to do in order to prepare their home to sell. Hi, I'm Melissa Wallace, full-time realtor and team member with Sharon McNamara of Boston Connect Real Estate, and our team always advises our clients to remember you never get a second chance for a first impression. Call our team for a one-on-one consultation and top tips on how to prepare your home to sell. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, the broker owner and full-time realtor from Boston Connect Real Estate. And my real estate team always advises our clients to use their senses, all five of them, sight, smell, taste, hearing, and touch. Call my team for a one-on-one consultation and top tips on how to prepare your home to sell. It's so easy to connect. Call me directly at 781-294-4848 or visit my website, bostonconnect.com. People often wonder what they need to do in order to prepare their home to sell. Hi, I'm Mary Baker, full-time realtor and team member with Sharon McNamara of Boston Connect Real Estate. Our team always advises our clients to remember the phrase, love at first sight. In the real estate world, that means curb appeal. Call our team for a one-on-one consultation and top tips on how to prepare your home to sell. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, the broker owner and full-time realtor from Boston Connect Real Estate. And my real estate team always advises our clients to use their senses, all five of them, sight, smell, taste, hearing, and touch. Call my team for a one-on-one consultation and top tips on how to prepare your home to sell. It's so easy to connect. Call me directly at 781-294-4848 or visit my website, bostonconnect.com. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. 
And we're back. Hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon, Melissa, and Mary, and along with Andrew Montecone from Leader Bank. Uh, tomorrow's like a big day, right? Fourth of July? Mm-hmm. Woo-hoo! It's my favorite holiday. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be watching. I love America's birthday. Yay! <laughs> fireworks? Are- I know. I just looked at you like, where are they? Yeah. I'm ready. We're going to be watching fireworks tomorrow night over uh, Egertown in the harbor. Yes. In the harbor. Harbor. In yes. the harbor. That's what we'll be. Where will you be, I will be down the Cape. Awesome. Well, have fun. Well, we'll be watching the ones in Edgartown, so that will be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited. Yes. Yes. Me too. Ditto. Yeah, happily. Happily <laughs> excited to have a couple days off. But um, what was I going to say? I was going to say, oh, we're talking today about credit, how to keep your credit, how to get credit, how to fix your credit, and do all of those. Mary, off air, you were talking about probably something you see a lot, Andrew, right now is uh, student loan debt. Yes. So I know Mary had a yeah. quick question about that as well. And and so we when we had sat down, I know like my first instinct was if I got a big chunk of money, I wanted to throw it at those student loans and just try and get rid of them as quick as possible. Um, but because I had no credit, I know your advice to me was to really start establishing, like you, like you said, good payment history and keep paying, pay more than the minimum balance and just kind of like set it and forget it. So it's automatically taken out every single month. I don't think about it. I don't really yes. do much of anything with it because for me personally, I was in the process of, well, am reestablishing, reestablishing and trying to buy a house. So I needed that liquid money yes. that I was, I was mm-hmm. ready to kind of yep. just toss to the student loans. And so that, that's a. Definitely, uh, I, w- I don't want to call it a unique case, but a, a, a case that when you have, when, when you're trying to reestablish credit and you may have a hard time having uh, credit card companies give you a credit card, Yeah. right? So if you have a low credit score and you already have like student loans and your question was, well, I, I, I want to just pay these student loans off. And I said, well, I, I, I it's hard for me not to say pay them off, yeah. right? But in your case, it was, why don't you just why don't you use these as as your as trade lines that are already there mm-hmm. and start paying them over like a 24 month period or 36 month period or whatever the case may be set it and forget it have them automatically taken out of your checking account and although you're paying the I believe the interest rates are pretty low too yeah. from what you told me mm-hmm. and so I'm like I although you're paying some interest but this will help establish better credit well I think at the time it was the only way I was going to start to establish credit because I couldn't um I had like I owned my car outright, so I I couldn't get a car loan because I mm-hmm. my credit was so bad without a cosigner, and that is that something that actually in your notes cosigning does not mean I love you. I love that. I mm-hmm. think that's <laughs> I think that was hysterical. I was laughing about that last week. I'm not a big fan of cosigning for your for your scenario, Sharon, with Casey and the girls. That makes sense. You were trying to help them mm-hmm. um, go forward, but. I've co-signed on things and people yep. have co-signed for me and it uh, hasn't always worked out the best. So I think it's obviously an individual well, case a, by case that's basis. A good, that's, that's a good, we can touch upon co-signing. So um, if you're going to co-sign for somebody, mm-hmm. you better be the one who is monitoring the bills yeah. or paying them. So I, I see a lot where parents co-sign for their child for a car loan, and uh, that, but the, the, the child is responsible for making the payment. Which sometimes that works out just fine, but if this if that child is late, that you're late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that if you co-sign and you're relying on that person to make on-time payments, you better hope they do because yeah. if the if they don't, it's gonna absolutely if they're late, you're late. It's that simple. Yeah, which is 
it's a scary position for anybody to kind of uh, be in. And yes. Even student loans are a big one. Parents mm-hmm. are co-signing for student loans left and right because... Well, people actually are like remortgaging their home and things, right? Taking out home equity sure. loans, re- you know, do a cash out refi, things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't... I don't I don't what do you think is better, co-signing or, or taking, doing? I don't know something like that. I, I don't think that I would want to take more money out on my home. You know yep. what I mean? Because I just feel like, I don't know. Especially with Mark, Mark just wants to like get it paid off. Where you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I just I think I would be nervous about doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't walk yeah, away from my mortgage payment. I can walk away from like a student loan. Well, not I really. Get, well, I can get in trouble. I can get in trouble for it. You know what I mean? But like. No it's one's going to say they're not going to repossess your house. They're not going to well, repossess my that. house. Yeah, but they're not going to repossess my house, right? Could they put a lien on your house? I don't know. I well, mean, they it's could. Federal. It's yeah, federal. but I guess it depends on how much the mm-hmm. student loans are. Yeah, so are. if I sold my house, then it would get paid off. But, you know, like I've seen people who have, you know, refinanced their house and they put, they roll in the car and they roll in the boat and they roll yeah. in the camper and they're rolling in all of these other things, I would rather lose those things than to lose my primary residence. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, that, that that's, I see that a lot where, um, and I, I don't want to say it's a bad thing because it, it, it very well can be a positive thing where if you're wrapping everything into a mortgage and you have enough equity and you're going to be there for a while, or maybe you're going to sell, but you have so much equity where it doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. but you're wrapping all this, these things in and it, and it, and it lowers your payments by a thousand dollars a month by mm-hmm. doing that, by, by doing a cash out refi and just really consolidating your debt is what we're talking about. Well, that could really, Im- that could really impact your monthly bottom line in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Where people get into trouble is this is they do that like let's say you know someone pays off whatever it is a hundred thousand in debt through their house yeah and all of a sudden everything's great and mm-hmm. uh you know now they're saving twelve hundred dollars a month because they just did that well that's awesome however that doesn't mean your habits have changed mm-hmm. so if you do that and then just go ahead and then run up all those things again you're in a much much worse position so basically, you just paid off everything, and now all of a sudden you went and just now you just ran up all that stuff again, and you're and you have a hundred k in debt, and you just paid off a hundred k in equity. That's where it's a problem. Yeah, and then yeah, so you go out and you're like, oh, I don't have these monthly bills anymore. I'm going to I can spend more. Yeah, I'm gonna go get myself a ten thousand dollar watch. You know? Whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. that's where that's where it's a, a where you're gonna be in a worse position mm-hmm. if you can't change your habits of if you got into debt. As long as you're disciplined enough to pay it off and then not run it up again, yeah, you're good. Mm-hmm. However, that's the problem, though. I think that people. I mean, we're in such a world of gettification that I think that it's really difficult for people not to. They get a little extra and then they just go ahead and spend it. You know, it, it, I mean, you're, that extra twelve hundred dollars you're saving a month or whatever the number is, you should either be putting that into like a retirement account yeah. or taking that twelve hundred and paying down the mortgage with it. The yeah. extra twelve hundred. Mm. Isn't that what you, Sharon, have talked about um, previous, like, uh, shadow income? Mm-hmm. A lot of? Well, that, of? yeah. Th- so when we were going through the the mortgage um, crisis, I guess we call it, is 
you know, they were, people were able to refinance their house quite easily, and they were doing cash-out refis. And what they were doing, they were, it was called phantom income. Phantom income. Okay. Yeah. So shadow inventory was foreclosures, yeah. but it was phantom income. So people were taking out a lot of, like, equity out of their home because they were allowed to, and it was easy to do. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, 2004, 2005, right? And then property values. Yeah. And you know what? People, like, the property values were high, so they had a lot of equity at that time in their house. And then they would take that extra money, and they would go buy a boat buy go on vacation go on yeah do a cruise do something you know what i mean like yeah they were doing silly silly things with the money they weren't improving their home they were just spending the money which and then that's what happened which is okay if your property values keep going up but (laughs) what what happened that doesn't always happen (laughs) as every you know yeah then came 2010 so um so we are um tomorrow is fourth of july you just heard the doorbell so um we probably have some open houses going on this upcoming weekend so melissa any ideas yeah um well obviously we're going to be doing copperwood circle where they're every saturday and sunday nine to twelve um if you're unfamiliar with the development you can go to livecopperwoodcircle.com um, it's a 34-lot subdivision off of Birch Street in Pembroke. Um, we love being there every every <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. Um, but 9 to 12. We're calling. Now we're saying beat the heat. Beat, beat the, the heat, heat in the summertime. Connect, beat the heat open houses. I like yeah. that. Right? Yeah. right. So get there early Credit before you Mark go to McNamara. Yeah, exactly. Get there uh, early before you go to the beach or go to the parties or whatever you're doing for the cookouts. So, But you can find all of our open houses on bostonconnect.com. Um, and you can call the office if you need to see one of these properties and we can connect you with uh, the agent. And if you see any house that you see out in there, if you are not working with a buyer's agent and you want some assistance with that, we're more than happy to help you with that as well. So you can call us at 781-826-8000 or bostonconnect.com. So, so Andrew, why don't we, um, I think we just have a couple minutes left, right? So why don't you, um, again, before we sort of wrap up here, one, I want to know what your our final thoughts for our final seconds, right? We're keeping it real. I want to know what your two biggest uh, takeaways are from today that people should do. Um, one should do, one shouldn't do, and then I want to make sure that you give everybody their, your contact information. Sure. So um, the two biggest takeaways for today when it comes to credit is the, the two biggest things I would say are pay bills on time mm-hmm. and don't go into collections. Yeah. Those are the two, two main things to think about. Mm-hmm. I'll add the third one. Use your trade lines and pay them on time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Those and, are the real big ones. And I think what we'll have you back for another show is we'll talk about a pre-approval process sure. and what you need to do and what you shouldn't do during that time, too, because we see people make some big mistakes there, too, right? You shouldn't be buying a Jeep. Don't quit your job. Oh. <laughs> Don't quit your job. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, yep. how can people get in touch with you if they want to talk to you about getting a loan, refinancing, or doing any of the above? Yep, again, uh, Andrew Monticone, uh, Leader Bank uh, Mortgage Loan Officer. I can be reached directly at area code 617 617- Six eight zero three zero seven six. Again, that's six one seven six eight zero three zero seven six. Or you can also uh, put in uh, andrewmonticone.com and that will bring you to my my uh, Leader Bank webpage. Oh, awesome! Perfect. And if you need any information, if you didn't hear any of that from Andrew, again, it was Andrew Monticone from Leader Bank. Um, again, he has been my personal uh, loan officer for years and years and years, and it's great. And I love like you called me one day and say I'm locking you in, and I was like for what? And mm. like rates dropped to like what two point something. 
yeah. low. Low. It was really low. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. And that's the thing I love when we send our clients to you, that you're always taking care of them and watching for things that are better for them. Ladies, Mary, Melissa, it was great. Again, we'll be here next week. and it was I'll great see to you, see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> see on, you the tomorrow on the boat. Yes. <laughs> we'll see you at bostonconnect.com if you want to get in, uh, connect with us at any time. We will talk to you soon. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Happy 4th. Happy 4th.